it was it was interesting to actually talk to you last week and really appreciate your experience and really appreciate all the the different topics that in my opinion you've got some really solid foundation in and at the same time i know you are constantly thinking about those things and talking to people about those things and i want to focus in on one particular area today and that area in itself is a very big wide area and and you, we could spend days just on the topic it is, yeah. but i think what might be timely at the moment is there's so much uncertainty in the world there's so much volatility there's so much happening and you and i talk to different types of businesses all the time uh, i guess my my main focus uh, every day of the week is small business owners yes. and with small business owners in particular ones with teams um i wanted to get your opinion as to what these business owners and, and i think the better word is leaders what mm -hmm. what these leaders should be focusing on right now amidst all that uncertainty and, and things that are happening in the world like if we're to laser in on, on one particular thing in your opinion what, what do you think they should be really focused on at the moment uh, beside obvious, at the obvious, they need to focus on their team and building a strong team and maintaining that strong team if they already had one. They also need to diversify the business so they will never be in this exposed position again. Yes. Um, a better way to, to actually go through it in uncertain time is diversify your business with your team, which not just empower them to work with you making them part of the solution so they're most likely to not resent it later on isn't it yeah that's so point. making them part of the conversation you include them with your concerns but also ask them for solutions as well you're empowering mm -hmm. people making them part of the solution uh, and communicate uh, the best way you possibly can to not create a situation when it's a pressure point of concern that is so evident but not discussed so yeah, you that's, use that's your communication a, skill, your body language, and at the same yeah. time diversifying your business. Actually, actually, I want to bring up something really quickly. When I first mm. left corporate, I was a owner operator. I had no staff. I think one really important thing to highlight here is that when you don't have staff on the books, your team, you need to think of your family. They are your team, your, your Absolutely. significant other, your everyone in your life who's helping support you everything i think that we're we're thinking and, and i'm kind of guessing where you're going to head with um you know the working together and the communication you if you don't have a team your family is your team and you need to be doing the same thing as what you would do with uh payg or contractors etc mm, your family mm. is your team would you would you agree with that Absolutely. Actually, it's such a brilliant point because I think I wrote a lot about. I wrote a lot about it. Sorry, it's not a very good English day. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> the third business I started was Business Consult Group, and I always worked with other businesses in the business or started other businesses for myself with partner. But BCG Business Consult Group is my business. So that morning when I thought I need to do something else, I actually called all my mentors. So I have mentors that have been with me for 17 years. I said, guys, I primarily work with male. Uh, I said, I'm cooking us a big breakfast. I need, bring your brutality with you. I need to know. 
few mm. things about me through what you see at me. So yeah. in the communication we had, each one of them thought that my strength is in a different area. Mm. But these are people that influenced my thinking for the last 16, 17 years, but they also helped me shape what business consult group look at today, look like today. So at the end of the day, I always say, find people that have your best interest in mind and have some basic knowledge about business or about you. Because if you just go to a random person and say, I need a favor, just give me advice on this, give me advice on that. At some, at some point, that genuine feeling of help is getting diluted with mm -hmm. he needs another freebie. So, mm -hmm. so make it you know, quite honest and brutal honest. I'm all about brutal honesty. Tell me what you think about me. Tell me where you think my strengths are. And it was so interesting that five different people, one person said, you need to open a marketing company. One person said, and then the fifth person said, wait a second, you've been doing startups since 2003 and they've been quite successful. Why don't you be a consultant that does all of what we're talking about? Mm. But if I didn't have that network that I appreciate the opinion, they're all people who achieved something in their life. So have people, have people that know you, that understand you and have best interest in mind for you and it comes in all forms yeah yeah so i guess if we laser into i think really the the topic is communication absolutely how that's critical to to being mm. an effective leader and and helping navigate through this uncertainty is there any particular communication style or communication content that you think people should should focus on do you do you believe in full disclosure or do you believe in you know leaders only communicating certain things i i believe that leaders who have a specific team need to know what their team is made of okay mm -hmm. so if in your team you have let's say someone who shares the traits of an entrepreneur or mm -hmm. an administrator or a facilitator you need to communicate with them the right way so don't say to an entrepreneur who think about the broadest ideas, the brilliant ideas, mm. I need you to tell me by tomorrow, A, B, and C, where you're going to be in the next month because mm. they don't inhale the information that way. Mm. And at the same time, don't walk past uh, a producer who's very matter-of-fact kind of person and mm. say fluffy things. You know, what do you think we should do? I'm not really sure about that because straight away dilute you as a manager, as a leader, because you think, oh my God, if you're not certain, I'm a guy who shows up at seven o'clock every day and I have a schedule and I tick everything on the tick box. How can you be my manager and not do that? So you need to know your team. And if you know your team and their traits, the personalities, it will be so much easier for you to communicate. I always start about what personality you think you are. 90% of male will go, I'm an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. But when we start going through the different testing we do, you could see that they have several traits in them. And then I say, so how many of you think you know your team? And they say, oh, I know. I have two of these, one of these, five of these. And I go, okay, so take the same test I give you. Do it the same way with your team leaders. They come back the, second after, the session after and they go, I think I need to change my approach. Yeah. I have more facilitators than administrators, more producers than entrepreneurs. I think I need to change the way I communicate with them. That's why they don't get me. <laughs> so yeah. to communicate right, it's not just to be present and have you know deep listening 
practices, but it also to know who you're talking to. Who is that person yeah. in front of you? So what I'm hearing is you, you need to know yourself, truly know yourself, know your audience, know your team, know who you're talking to. And then it's easier to, to make that communication, and that connection when you've got that and, and not assume that everyone in your team mm. needs to be communicated in, in the same way, in the same fashion. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So don't think for a second, this is rocket science. Mm. What I'm going to do is actually just switch a little light in your brain of things you forgot how to practice. Mm. And leaders and managers are sometimes forced upon. So for mm. example, I, I said it in our previous conversations, it could be a great sales person that he targets for years and years and the natural progression for the company is to promote him to a manager. A good salesperson does not make a good manager unless you give them the tools to be one, mm. especially in sales, because it's quite egotistical trade, right? You, you're mm -hmm. always in competition. You're always on target. As a manager, you need to practice totally different tools, totally different behavior, because you're not managing those people. Mm. So it's, sometimes you're kind of thrown into it and you haven't been given the tools to succeed as a manager or become a leader. And I think this is why it's important to remember, it's not rocket science, but you do need to go back to basics mm. and just kind of remember how you felt when someone communicated with you the, the certain way, because we, we block it. We don't practice it every day, so we don't actually think about it. Yeah, so, yeah. I think that's an important component to, to the recommendation, which is, you know, the communication and thinking about it as well. One of the things I mentioned to someone the other day, I said to them, you've, you've, got to, you've got to remember when your last communication took place. And as far as, far as that person's concerned, that's still where the world is at in terms of what you communicated. Because often the habit is a lot of stuff goes on in our own brain. And because we've already processed it ourselves, we forgot that we didn't yeah. bring people along the journey and they're still wherever you last left them in terms of the communication exactly. and you've got to catch exactly. them up and take them through the, the, the process and mm. uh, step them through the same journey that you had a lot of time to go through when you're trying to then get them to catch up within seconds or minutes. So. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. And, and it's the little, it's sometimes it's the little things. It's not why you say sometimes it's how you say it. So certain things you can say in the open floor. If someone closed a massive deal or someone had a massive sale and you walk past them as a manager, he looks up to and they just touch your shoulder and you go, I don't think I haven't noticed it. Great job. Goes a million miles away to, to what they can achieve next. But when you do the same thing and you walk past the floor and you go, hey, that was a major loss. You kind of shellacking them in the middle of the floor and you, lo you pretty much lost that person for good. No matter how much you're going to try to make up for it, you burn their confidence, you burn their uh, status that they created to themselves. Mm. And they kind of not going to look at you the same way. Mm. So I always say, if you have something constructive to say, I'm not about fluffing around. Okay. So I'm not about if we need to have a confrontation with a team member, I think the sooner you're going to do it, the better. Mm. Okay. But even for that, the conflict resolution is an art. So if they know you come from a place of peace, if they know you come from their best interest, but you want to build them up, they want, we, that's why we're going to have to have this tough conversation. Why you're doing it will become a lot 
insignificant and they're just going to see the end result. Mm -hmm. But if you go and say, we need to do a performance review, see you in five in my office, they'll walk in there in fear. So think how you're setting up the scene. Think about your body language. Think about your eye contact. Don't talk to them like that. So I'm not really happy with you. You know, be present. Okay. Think of what you're saying. Don't sit like that when you talk to them, but be attentive. Mm. It's everything. Because even if you're not naturally reading into those traits, they do. Mm. So if you want a strong team, a team that, you know, will go to war for you <laughs> and, and will survive difficult times with you, mm. you have to know who you're working with and how to work with them. And it's not hard, but you need to yeah. work on that. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, I'm, I'm processing now and I always say to people, a business is simply a collection of the people within that business. Mm. Mm. And the business and the businesses that we're talking to, they need to adjust. I hate using the word, but they need to adjust to this new normal. And for the business to adjust, it means the people need to adjust. And as people yeah. are going through changes and adjustments, it's often new things that they didn't have to do before and it could be things that your current people are simply not good at because when they were doing their jobs before they were operating on a certain environment they they were familiar they had the skills a certain processes were being followed but now the businesses need to adjust everything to accommodate and there'll be some people who just thrive and there'll be some that lag behind and mm. i think what's really important for a business owner as part of that communication and conversation with their staff for the people that are lagging behind, as you said, just with salespeople, su supply them with the tools. You can't just expect people to do things without supporting tools, but then there'll be still some that with the support and tools are lagging behind. And that's where you can't wait to, like you said, uh, you, you know, and in my opinion as well, you, you can't wait to the next monthly review or quarterly review or yearly review. You, you need to nip that in the bud and have the conversation straight away. Uh, and mm. come from a, a place but of it's not just that. If, you, if you're constantly uh, assessing someone and you see a pattern of behavior, you see a pattern of error, mm. and mm. you never have this tough conversation, so you never know what, why. What makes you make the same mistake? What makes you lag from that particular situation over and over and over again? If you mm. constantly just miss it and dismiss it, you're not a good manager. But if you sit there and you find that there's one simple question, one simple answer that you can give them to help them tweak that one thing, mm. you all of a sudden took someone who's not adjustable, who's not adaptable, mm. and you're making them thrive. What does it mm. say about you as a leader? But mm. the thing is, if we don't have those conversations, and small businesses struggle with that because you saying you said something before that, that I really loved hearing that you know it's it's really a collective of people. SMEs or SMBs normally intend to, to think about it differently. They see it as a, a collect, collective of, of, of sales, of numbers, of product you put out there, etc. Even though we have small teams, we still, how many times have you heard no one's irreplaceable? Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily believe that. I believe that some people are highly irreplaceable, but that's only if you taught them to be that. If you taught them to be their best, if you led them to a point when they're amazing, and at the end, you can actually lay back and let them run your business. How amazing will that be? You can take those longer holidays. Yeah. I think sometimes, I think one way to think about it, I'm thinking about it now, is I think a lot of leaders, 
don't sit down and ask themselves the question, how do I make myself replaceable? Mm. How do I, how do I ensure that the business exists with or without, without my presence? Now existence is, is very different from the business operating at 150% and thriving, but being able to take yourself out of the business for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks to actually recharge the batteries and spend some time with family and friends and things like that. And the business can still operate maybe mm. not to its best, but still function. And you don't have to check in in emails every day and talk to everyone every day. And you can but just, you know, this is, this is such a great point because one of the questions that I ask anyone that come to me for a startup. So this week we had uh, three phone calls with startup ideas that they need help with. I always ask after we determine if the idea is valid or not, uh, what's your exit plan? Mm. And the reason I ask that is because my mentor asked me that about seven years ago, what's your exit plan? And I hated it because I started a new venture for another client. I go, I mean, what's my exit? I just entered, I'm happy, you know? But I asked that because if you don't know that your exit plan is to get your team to run your business, to get your kids to inherit it, to you don't manage it the right way to start with. So your exit point is never there. You never walk towards it and you never reach goals because of that. Mm. And it's exactly what you said. If my exit plan is to build a business that is big enough that I can sell it, build a team that can make a dynamic, strong, amazing business and sell it in profit. If your exit plan is to leave good managers that can run it for you and you know it's going to tick the way it was the day you were there, manage it the right way. Mm. So no matter what it is that your plan is, if it's to get more balance in your life, or well, I still don't have balance. Um, but if it's a balance that you want out of your life and more time with the family and relaxing, then you need to build a team that can deliver it for you. And by micromanaging them and by questioning their decisions and by closing your door to new ideas, guarantee never to get there. You're probably going to work until you're 70 on, and then you're probably going to give the business away for less value than it had before. So mm -hmm. open your mind, open your door. Don't surround yourself with yes people. Communicate the right way. It's not art, but a lot of people think they can't afford it. That's, that's something that our industry, unfortunately, has done, which I think it's not great among consultants, and I'm probably getting backlash for that. Mm -hmm. We're charging a lot of money, which make SMEs and SMBs can't afford it, okay? But there are solutions. Mm -hmm. We do offer solutions for any budget. We don't, people can find solutions that, that they can afford and they can still enrich and open some components to their brain when it comes to management and leadership. Yeah, yeah, because it's absolutely. not rocket science. Yeah. So. Yeah, actually, I want to touch on something that you said a little bit earlier, which was around goals and plans, and bring that into the the whole discussion around communication. And in 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 my opinion, I'll get your opinion on it as well. Is that you've got a lot of people that may have actually being disconnected from from the business during COVID-19 so they'll put on put on hold uh, or maybe um, for example I know gyms have been closed for quite a fair bit they don't open till mm -hmm. this weekend now naturally if a whole 
business is closed, the staff that help run that business have probably gone off and done other things, some casual jobs and some other things to earn money. And then the business owner would naturally now be saying, hey, we open again this Saturday, tomorrow. Uh, I'd like you to come back in again. And I imagine that in some of those conversations, you've got some staff saying, look, you know, I'm, I'm already doing this other thing. You know, I don't think I'm in a position to come back. And so there'll be some leaders who are trying to have that conversation to attract their, their talent back to the business. Um, and what I said to someone the other day is they need something more than you asking them to come back. Uh, my suggestion was that you share the plan of the business with that employee and how they fit into that plan. Um, do you have any thoughts around that? Would you say that would be similar to your yeah. approach? Look, I actually have a very good example. One mm. of my closest friends owns several gym franchise, franchises yep. uh, that are very non-female gyms in Australia. And she, she always ran a much better branches than others. So she's mm. always been a top performer. And the reason I think she did it because she always valued her team. So even though the gym was closed, she actually gathered them together on a social level several times, knowing that she can't probably afford all of them, mm -hmm. but tried to make everyone part of the conversation. So part of the conversations they had is about diversifying the business. Okay. So diversifying is by bringing different, different, different classes, different talent, different machines, and made them part of the conversation on a social level, even mm -hmm. though um, she didn't have a position for them at the time because the business was closed. Every now and then when they need to like gather talent, she will get one of them to help in and, and be part of that selection, for example. Mm -hmm. If you make them part of the solution, they will be part of your team later on. If you ask for their opinion, they'll be more eager to come back and work with you than they probably would have if you rang them now and said, listen, this is what we're doing, A, B, and C, want to come back? But they knew for weeks she's going to diversify. She, they knew for months that she's looking for other talents to complement what they currently do. They knew that by her being proactive and thinking about it now will mean that there's a business for them to come back to, which yeah. is huge. Okay. So if she was in a field position on the floor, like a lot of us were, uh, and, and don't know what to do and so mortified of the change, people will not be so eager to come back because they don't hear from you. They don't know what you're thinking. They don't know if you have a business tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Make them part of the conversation. Mm. Make them, making someone part of a conversation and part of a solution. And, you know, I even say to some small, small companies, I go, if you want to write a policy, make the team involved with that particular execution part of the policy writers. So they will sit with you, brainstorm, focus group, how to make this policy work. What's the chances that they're gonna come back and say, this is shoot, who wrote this? You, you were part of this solution. You're gonna take ownership of something you made. Mm, mm, mm. So in Corona time, if you make them part of what the business is gonna look like when they go back and everyone will go back, then they're more comfortable to say, I'll wait for you. And when you make that call, they're there. So mm -hmm. you had to prepare for it while we were in lockdown. It's a bit yeah, difficult yeah. now if you didn't keep in touch, didn't talk to anyone, didn't tell them what's going on, you know. Even every yeah. now and a phone call and say, hey, feel like catching a coffee on Zoom? 
this is what I'm thinking. What do you think? What do you reckon? You've been here for 10 years. That, that will fly, right? Little chit-chat, you know, will put confidence that you validate their opinion. You value their opinion. You value what they think. So if the culture from there is that the door is closed and the mind is blocked, mm. you, you, I don't blame employees that feel like they can't initiate it. It's mm. what culture you've built. And that's why I think it's important to build from managers down that this is an open house. This is the open discussion. Mm. If you behave anything otherwise, because all you hate tough conversations, hate confrontation, rather think that bad office politics don't exist in your business and you don't do arguments, um, you're putting your hand in the sand and you're creating a culture of people will wait until they're in the lunchroom to talk about you as a manager or an owner rather than have a discussion with you that can change it. So the situation is if we cannot talk about it, we won't talk about it. So, you know, when someone goes, mm, I don't know, my team is just, hmm. You know, I, I will be in their face until I get the true reaction. Mm. Tell me the truth, you know, just cross that boundary of politeness and formality because we're never going to get to the bottom of what needs to be fixed. Mm, mm, mm. But tough conversations are a tough, they call tough conversation for a reason. Mm. And most people would prefer to avoid them like a house on fire. Mm. That will be so, the quickest solution to get a, a, a resolution for anything. Yeah. So I think I think a lot of people will will come to this point with us where they realise, hey, I really need to communicate to the people in my life that are really important to both the personal goals and, and the business goals. And then I think they're going to be sort of on the fence where they they realize it needs to be done but then there's, there's still this very big fear or uh, something holding them back um you need to get to the bottom where this fear comes from mm. get to the stem of the problem and you need to understand what makes you tied up what makes you not talk about things and you need to find the right way to address it for the right person like we said before you need to know who you're talking to Mm -hmm. Okay, um, and I think you always I always say let's break it down I think it's one of my biggest business mottos mm -hmm. when you get stuck in a scenario in your head that you think you can't get out of it's because you don't maybe have the time to go out and reflect from the outside you're so consumed with it it mm -hmm. becomes like a groundhog day so, so what we're trying to do is actually break it down and see where is the broken cog where is it that something doesn't work for you so badly not just that it doesn't work that you don't want to talk about it and this is where it has to happen for you mm. to get over and bridge whatever your talent is so you can get there you can mm -hmm. you can function at your full full potential yeah so in your experience do do people is it more a case of People know what's holding them back, but they still can't take action. Or is there just as many cases where people actually don't even know what's really holding them back and they need to go majority, through this Yeah, Majority of the cases I had, they didn't know what's holding them back. They thought they did. But when mm. we start breaking it down, they see that it's not the issue at all. Mm. Uh, with a lot of guys, it was the self-confidence to know that when they do open up, that someone will actually hear them. 
so they made it as if their problem is that no one listened to them, that no one knows that they need to listen to them because they never showed that sign of distress. They simply mm -hmm. didn't perform. So, so I believe in a lot of the cases is not exactly understanding why you feel the way you feel. Um, and it's the same with any problem, with any confusion, with any, just if you stop for a second and get outside that circle that holds you in that frustrating phase, you can break it down easier. And that's yeah. why I said, you know, bring someone from outside that might give you um, an honest opinion or their observation if they have your best interest in mind. Someone that can say, you know, I see differently than how you do. Do you think if we work on that, you go, oh, I didn't realize that was the issue. Mm. I thought it's, you know, so talking is, is brilliant. Talking about it, conversing with someone else about what you're feeling and how often it happens and what holds you back is, is huge. Now imagine you have a manager in your workplace that can provide you with that. How much better will you perform? Hmm. Okay. So it's, it's, it's a value. Yeah. So I guess if we, if we take someone who realizes they need to overcome something, they break it down, uh, they still can't get past it. And then they decide, Hey, look, I need to get some external help. I need to reach out for some help at the moment. Uh, and generally you'd look at the, and I'm not that familiar with it myself. You look at the consult consultant space, mm -hmm. uh, so to speak. So how does that, and I, I guess you can probably tell us how you're different from others. How does that world kind of operate at the moment? Is it, is it a case of you like any type of, uh, purchasing decision you, you kind of come up with a short list and do is, is it the type of industry where you kind of pay for your first consult and have a bit of a chat or is do most people do sort of like a free session and sort of see whether that's yeah yeah it's 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 a it's, it's an interesting industry because i decided to jump into it formally in 2016, even though I've been doing this for 17 years under a different entity that I created. Um, it's not great, okay? And, and I think it explains why people don't reach enough for help a bit more because yeah. I don't care what anyone says and I have so many sales reps saying to me, you know, at the end of the day, the price would be the last thing we discuss because I want to talk to you about my value. I'm actually saying the opposite for my clients. Let me tell you first how much it's going to cost you. So your mind is free to think about what you really need as a help. Mm. Um, and then we're going to go down to what, what value it will give you. Because people right now, particularly right now, are stressed about money and I can't blame them. This yeah. is the time when people need the most assistance and they're going to be judged the worst way for how much money they have to afford you. So you will find, do a little exercise, Call any consultants for the first two pages of Google um, Melbourne Consulting Services mm -hmm, or Sydney mm -hmm. Consulting. You will find that every consulting company will ask you, what's your postcode, how many people you employ, and what's your turnover, before they will even give you the opportunity to speak to a consultant. That uh, really pisses me off because this is the time when we need to think differently. This is a time we need to think beyond retainers because 84% of Australian small businesses don't survive five years mm. and for various reasons. But the biggest reason, in my opinion, is the fact that they can't afford coaching or consulting or training for staff. Mm. So we, 
we vowed to do it a bit differently. So we don't work on templates. So if you have X budget, and, and I wrote it to a client the other day, if you have X budget, we can still deliver in this budget. It might take longer because you can't afford having me for every day of the week. Just have patience because there's going to be a process and this will be the end result. We judge each case on its merit. We take pro bono cases every year to help small businesses that don't have any funds but have a brilliant idea that they can work on. And we do do the first consulting session for free. But the reason we do it is mainly sounds like a cliche, but for you. If you called me and you reached out, which for me, it's huge, because if you reached yeah. out, you come from a place of, of pressure points. You have, you have issues and anxiety and you need help like that. My client that's been with me for years and he called me and said, I'm ready to jump off the bridge. He never reached out to anyone. He just said, my ad ended up popping in his screen that time and he thought, I'll give it a go. And someone answered. Okay. So you need to know that whoever you call, and offer you a free session, take it. Take it, but make sure that you guys are complete match. I had sessions with people and I thought, I love what you do, I love your work, I think we can help you, but I can see that we are not a match. Like I can see that you won't take to me as much as you should. It could be that they can't handle tough conversation. It could be because I don't do dolls and love. It could be a, a, a variety of things, okay? But if I find that we are not a match, you should, you should feel it too. So instead of going on another 45 free session, use it to your advantage. Mm. Use it to fully have clarity on, have a full clarity on what they offer, how much they're going to cost you, are you guys actually going to match, and what they can guarantee for the spill they're giving you. Mm. So I think if you tick those boxes in the session, and have some prepared questions that you want to know. Make them qualify, you know? Make them qualify to work with you. Mm. Because if you go with someone because, you know, they spoke with abbreviations and they sound really smart, but, you know, but they work off templates and they're downloading some courses from the net, don't be impressed by that. Mm. Listen to the questions they're asking because you know how insightful they can be. And, and the match, I think anything else can be taught and learned. Mm. But to be a match, to say I can, I'm captivated by that person. I want to speak to them again. I want to hear what they can teach me. I get it. Go with your guts. But make sure you always sign on the dotted line when the budget is. And be honest about your budget. You know? I had a client who said to me the other day, I don't know if I can afford you. And I said, tell me how much you have. He goes, <laughs> tell me that. I go, I understand the fear, but all we're going to do now, if you don't tell me, is we're going to do that dance for another week or two. You wasted another week or two. If you have 400 bucks, or if you have 400,000, which we had before, we're still going to have to match and we're still going to have to tell you what we're giving you for that. Mm. We'll give you something for each amount you can afford. But... I don't want to take you on and you need to mortgage your house. I'll never sleep with myself. You might fit into our pro bono program, mm. you know, but be honest. Okay. But, I, yeah. I, I agree. I agree that um, right now for small businesses, 
if they're in that position where they're, they're it, it takes a lot for many people to reach out for help. Yeah, oh, it takes yeah. a leap. They reach out for help, and I, I like your approach where you you simply need to bring forward to the start the the money conversation um, because businesses they don't have the time to go on. Uh, you know, maybe some of these other consultants they go on a, a, a this long unnecessary journey to then find out that hey, everything sounds great, but it, there's no That's fit in terms of the the budget. It's just a waste. Yeah. And of when people are selling us, when people selling our services, I do the same thing. I go, mm. how much? Because let me first tell you how I can. Everyone reading off a script, you know. Let me first tell you, money is another thing. Value is another. And I said, I I agree to a level, mm. but if I can't afford this side, I'm not going to go there. I don't want to know that there's something that I really need and want, and I can't afford you, and you're overpriced. Mm. So I'm never going to find out how really good you are or not at all, mm. you know? So at the end of the day, and, and, and it's a practice we've done on big pitches that we've done. So one of the startups we've done two years ago, we pitched in a private restaurant. I had a private room. I did a setting. It was beautiful. My friend chef was coming and making me feel special. And I gave everyone a book and my team was next to me and they sitting on the other side of the table. And I had a book that we prepared about 30 page documentation. So it was a fairly large job. And I can see them kind of listening, but not listening. And I said, mm -hmm. you know what guys, let's break the rules. Go to page 32. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, you want to know how much this book is costing you, right? Go to page 32. And I had my, team member at the time kicking me. And I said, just, just, I want them to listen to me. And while they don't know how much it's gonna cost them, they're not gonna listen to me. So let's do things a bit differently, which is about how we always do things here. I said, look at the price. And they went a bit, <gasps> I go, okay, get the trauma out of your way. Now I'll tell you what you're getting for that money. And we got the deal. So, I believe you need to be, excuse my language, full of shit to think that money doesn't matter. It matters more than any time, any previous history of time. Uh, and, and people do understand that they get value, but first they need to qualify you. Can they afford your value? I had a guy that for two weeks was calling me because he didn't want to tell me that his program, which was beyond ridiculous, was 15 grand. For two hours a week with him and I knew I knew the price but I wanted to see his process he mm. reached out to me to sell me a program for 15 grand that I do with my eyes closed on a day-to-day -day basis but he waited two weeks I go come on you have to tell me you have to tell me how much it's gonna cost me I'm intrigued on how people do things for me it's wonderful because it's for me it's a way to go okay this is something I won't do I didn't feel good about it. Why do I do it to my clients? Yeah. No, I like that approach. I think if any, it's, it's a, it'd be a key takeaway for, for a, lot of, a lot of business owners right now that are doing definitely in terms of B2B engagements. You know, all businesses right now don't have, don't have time for that traditional sales process or, or flow, uh, definitely. Okay, yeah. well, I think we got a lot of value today. I, th I think in summary, <laughs> So. Um, communication is really important. We talked about the different ways that uh, a leader can approach that. 
And if the problem that they see is not around communication in particular, you know, really breaking that down uh, and trying to process that. And if you can't get to that yourself to, to really seek help. And then I've got a, a much deeper understanding now of your, your particular industry that you're in right now around consultancy. And then also, yeah, in total agreement with really more than ever, and maybe we should, you know, everyone should just really flip the script or flip their, their process is mm -hmm. I see no disadvantage of being really upfront about your, your pricing model, your price. If anything, if someone thinks it's too high, they're going to ask you to tell them why it's justified for you to ask for that money. What is the value you deliver? For that money. Oh, they might tell you that they can't afford it. It's not in their budget. And there you go, done. You know, I think that all the processes can be a lot shorter, a lot more direct, and a lot more honest if people will start flopping around and stop reading scripts. Yeah, you know, yeah. the seven steps for seven millions and how you can be a lot thinner in eating eggs or something stupid like that. There's a lot let's of it, just, isn't it? Let's just stop reading crap and just connect with honest content and honest people and become ones. Yeah, absolutely. Practice it every day. Okay. Okay. Well, look, um, I'd love to have another chat with you another time. I, there's just so many oh, different pleasure. topics, but I think this is going to be very helpful for people right now. Oh, thank you. I hope so. I hope so.